Part of it is, uh, of the gospel, is uh, realized or shown in the first reading. Here this woman um, greets Elisha, the holy man of God, when he comes by and she invites him in to dine because she had some resources. And then every time he came by, she would invite him in. So she says to her husband one day, Honey, uh, why don't we build a little place up on the roof, a, a bed and a lamp and, and a chair, and when he comes by, he can stay with us. So she does it. And the next time he comes by, he stays there. And then he says to his servant, you know, what does she need? And he says, she doesn't have a son, and her husband's getting old. So then he does what the gospel says. Anyone who greets a prophet in my name will receive a prophet's reward. And so the prophet rewards her and says, thank you for your kindness. Next year, at this time, you will be fondling a baby son. Wow, what a gift. What a gift to this woman. The, the second reading is also a reflection of the gospel, and it grabs that central theme of Jesus. It's really the cross. It's, if you want to live, you must die. You must take up your cross every day and follow me. And he even uses this blunt language, you must love me more than father or mother, love me more than son or daughter. And of course he's not saying don't love your parents or don't love your kids, but he's saying first, first, is to love me, love gospel, love the kingdom of God. And out of that, love your parents, love your children, do everything. Years ago, um, uh, there, was a season, or there was a series on television called Boston Legal. I loved it. It was a show about lawyers. And, and uh, Denny Crane was this, uh, one of the founding lawyers of this firm, and a little cuckoo and uh, would, would just do the strangest things, but he always seemed, especially when he spoke to the jury, to say the thing that got them and got his people saved. You know, even, even in this case of this woman, wealthy woman, that killed her husband. And um, this was the setting. This woman lived with this husband who abused her daily, never, not physically, but verbally and emotionally, calling her names and putting her down and Nothing she did was right. Everything was wrong. And he ridiculed her and made her feel like nothing. And it went on for years. So one day, um, she's out in the garden, very happy to go out there and plant her new tomatoes for the springtime. And as she's just beginning, her husband comes out and starts on her, just ridiculing her and abusing her verbally and emotionally completely. And in a moment of rage, because this stuff had been repressed, her, her hurt, her, her anger, her depression, everything, depressed, depressed. And in a moment, she's got this shovel in her hand, and she just swings it and hits her husband in the head, and he drops over dead. So Denny Crane has to uh, defend her in court. And in this remarkable scene, as he goes over to give the closing arguments, he goes over to the, to the jury, and he says, this woman... She's a good woman. She never hurt anybody. She didn't be believe in devaluing anyone. She's a good woman. She's always done her best. But she was severely abused by this husband. And after years of taking it and years of letting it destroy her spirit, in this one moment, as she's beginning to plant her tomatoes, in this one moment, she just lost herself. She lost herself. I suppose that would be one way of saying 
she committed an act of, uh, uh, you know, because she, she um, what's the phrase? Uh, when you go crazy. Uh, temporary insanity, yes. But, but he phrased it better. He said she just lost herself. She wasn't herself. Now, psychologists love to speak about the true self and the false self. The true self is deep inside us. It's the core. It's, it's the part of us that connects with God so deeply that we know we are loved and known by God. It's the part we should go to. We go to it in prayer. It's the part that we open up and we, we, we depend upon a God who loves us without conditions. It's the God who says, you know, you can't earn my love. There's nothing you can do to make me love you. I love you because I love you, because I'm love. And he says constantly, he says in the scriptures, Jesus quotes it and says, God doesn't say, I'll rain on the good and not rain on the bad. He rains on both. And he gives the sunlight to the, the just and the unjust. You can't earn it, but you can open to it and receive it better because you're open. And when we go there to our true self, that's where we just find peace. We say, God, I know I'm your beloved son or daughter. I'm your creation. I know you dwell within me. Thank you, God. That's the true self. But many of us, perhaps all of us, spend a lot of time with our false self. Now, I'm not ragging on anybody, but it's, it's why we get our hair cut beautifully, why we put on mascara, and, and why we use nice deodorant and all. We, we worry about the image, the false self out there. This is what we take care of usually instead of this. And Jesus is always speaking about this, and this is where we spend a lot of our time. In contrast to that first example, there's a movie and a play called The Elephant Man. How many people have seen it, The Elephant Man? Incredible. If you haven't seen it, go on Netflix or wherever it's at, find it. It's powerful. And this, this man uh, developed a disease early in his life, as I recall the story, and um, whatever it was, it's probably in Latin called elephantitis or something, but he developed this, this terribly rough and and bumpy skin. It looked like an elephant. Plus, he became deformed, and he'd walk like this, and so they called him the elephant man. So where did he get work? In the circus. And so he's there behind the curtain, and there's this curtain out there saying, and you will see a sight you won't believe, and it is not very human. It, in fact, he is a true elephant man, an elephant man. And ladies, Perhaps you should look away, cover your eyes, because you will see a sight you've never seen. And the curtains will open up, they go, oh, oh, my God. And this is how he earned his living and how they made money off of him in the circus. So um, somewhere in the story, a wealthy man or woman or couple meet him, and they see in him that he's a man of intelligence. So they invite him to their house, and it turns out he is very well read and intelligent and sensitive and loves music and can recite poetry. And he, he's just amazing. So they develop this beautiful relationship. I believe he moves in with them. He, they take care of me. They dress him and they get him all cleaned up. And, and they begin to share their life and the life of their friends with this very intelligent man. And they all rejoice in him. But somewhere later in the movie, one day he's, I guess, goes downtown or whatever, and he usually covers himself to, you know, so he won't get noticed. But these people say, ah, look, an elephant man, an elephant man. And they start to chase him. The kids are throwing stones. And he runs to get away. And he runs into this public restroom. And he gets cornered there. And in this awful scene, he, he's there in the corner. And they're all jeering at him. He goes like this, 
I am a human being. I am a human being. And he proclaims from that, that true self. He knows who he is. He knows all this exterior. It may be frightful and ugly and all kinds of things, unacceptable. But he knows who he is in this true self. That, I believe, is what Jesus is speaking to. But he, he also reveals some truths about how we get there. It so often comes because of suffering, because of losing ourself out here. When, when we end up losing ourself out here, sometimes the only place we can find ourselves is deep within. I mean, look at Jesus on the cross. After all of this, how many times you've heard me say this, he was falsely accused, arrested, stripped, and beaten, spit upon. They even mocked him being king by making a crown of thorns that they shoved into his head, made him carry the cross, nailed him to the cross, lifted him up on the cross to die. Three hours it took for him to asphyxiate. And as he's dying on the cross and they're still mocking him and laughing at him and calling him names, he could have hated, but instead on that cross he said, Father, forgive them all. They know not what they do. It was the cross. It was the cross that made him the most divinely inhuman person at that time, that with all the suffering and rejection, he could find in his spirit love, not hate. Forgiveness, not revenge. That's the power of the cross. That's what he says quite bluntly. If anything or anyone in this world comes before me, the gospel and the kingdom of God, you blew it. You missed it. You got to lose yourself to find yourself. Every single day, you have to take up your cross and follow me. And presenting that truth to us, the, the only thing he asks for us to say is, yes.